1: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Digit. We're teaming up with the good folks over there to give all the listeners of the show $5 for free. Yo, that's a pretty good deal. That, that, man, that's like the, the best deal we've offered yet on any of the shows on the whole podcast network. Uh, anyways, you go to studymusicgroup.com slash podcast and scroll down a couple of clicks and you'll see the whole spiel about our team up with Digit and how you get your 5 bucks. All right. Let's get into the show.
2: So we're back again. So we're back Another again. Episode here here of we the are. Podcast. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That was my, deep. Nice uh, little light-hearted introduction yeah. there. You know?
1: So, for those of you that aren't familiar, <laughs> we got a talented fellow with us today. He's a producer, a rapper, a host, a promoter,
3: DJ, maybe sometimes DJ, a label, some label guy. I don't know. he's general, man, general, yeah. you know, hoodlum around the are. Bay Area. You know.
1: Yeah, we got Joe Mousepad here, JM. Hey, in the what's good? Hey, this is good internets.
3: Yeah, making Sheboy. noise. Yeah. Sheboykin. So, uh, what's new with you, Joe? Man, lots of stuff, man. Uh, about to head over to Seventh West here pretty soon for this uh new ins- new uh episode of I Got Five on it. This is new uh monthly. I've been kinda rolling out with the boy Hamza, who was on a previous episode. Um, me and Hamza have been uh known or have known each other for a while and we kinda decided to team up and try to do some shows. So now we're uh working on uh Working on this, and we've, you know, the first couple of ones were, like, you know, we were kind of just getting homies in the building, and now we're really starting to develop the format. What kind of, like, uh, different genres are you having there? Uh, well, this this time, you know, we've kept it pretty hip-hop-centric. That's generally the theme is uh, hip-hop is kind of the central theme of the whole thing. But what we're trying to do now is kind of alter the typical club uh, experience, and try to have some more of a showcase vibe, which I feel like has been kind of lost through a lot of the uh, yep. the, the you know newer events and things like that. So we're trying to br- I'm trying to bring back like live bands, DJs, producers, and rappers, and have all of that in one show, right. which is a lot to do, but it really makes an event more substantial for people. When people come in, like I know well, I, I basically came up with the idea because I th- I saw people coming in and they were asking about performances. I would have DJs on stage playing, and people were, like, yawning. It doesn't matter how good the DJ was, you know what I mean? Unless you're into that person, they weren't into it. But as soon as I I I got a rapper on stage, they're like, oh, this is a performance. And then people started paying more attention. So I thought, what if I just do performers throughout the whole night and just keep one DJ as, like, a side note?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, he plays in between. And so... Tonight's kind of the first one. I'm rolling out this whole new format, and I'm hoping that I'm thinking that it's going to be good. But you know, fingers crossed. You know, you never really can tell I mean, nowadays.
2: I mean, it's a good spot. You know, it's a good spot. It's a oh, good yeah. show. You know, like. where does
3: it go down? Seventh uh, West. Uh, so Seventh West is this new venue that just opened up in West Oakland. Um, it's a, it's an amazing spot. It's like high capacity. You're talking like probably about you could fit like 300 people in the main room. Full bar pinball machines pinball machines pinball full, machines. full good arcade food. good food and the filipino food in yeah. the spot big backyard area with little spots you can go kick it and smoke in and stuff like that so it's like it's a pretty big venue and they've got a lot they do a lot of really great events there but it's like touch and go it's either the the way i see events go there it's either totally packed yeah or it's like right. dead right so it's kind of a weird neighborhood though cuz it's not a lot of foot traffic
2: mm-hmm, so. but it is but it is very close to West Oakland BART, so it's a very convenient, it is a very accessible location, if not a high foot traffic location, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's like, I I always feel like for shows like that, you're going to get, like, you know, some element of foot traffic, but like, people are going to come to the show, you know, to come to the show, hopefully. Yeah, Um,
3: I think they will. People naturally go there anyway, because it's a cool spot to hang out. It is, right. I mean, it's
2: a good, yeah, it's a good bar, it's a good chill spot. Um, even you know, it's like I, I had the opportunity to play at one of your early ones, yep. and it was like still a fun time. You know, mm-hmm. the homies are out. Yeah, everything. It's like it's a great, it's a great place to hang out. Uh,
3: it's just, it's, really it's just difficult it, yeah. because the room is so big. Yeah. for right. me, right. that like you know, typically we get you know fifty to seventy five people. You know, to our events because right. it's a lot of yeah. underground music, a lot yeah. of people that are on the come up. And 50 to 75 people in a room that's that big... Right, doesn't really look like it much. doesn't look like much. Yeah. And people end up wanting to leave, you know? Yeah. And that's something I'm trying to fight. So that's why I'm also going bigger with the bookings, because I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. if I'm going to keep people here... Right, might as well. I might as well go full all in, you just know? Just throw the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. You have yeah. been touring at all? Not really touring. Doing one-offs here and there. I yeah. went up to I went up to Portland recently, played the Thirsty City Five here. Shout out to Northern Draw. Um, all the homies up there. Um, I played their five year anniversary, uh, maybe about a month ago. Who nope. else was on that? Um, Devin, who was on that with me. Uh, let's see. I'm Don't trying. You and him go back? Yeah, yeah. Devin was my old roommate back in the day. That was like crazy. He was living in San Francisco for a couple of years, and we ended up living together um, through friends. I was I had just broken up with my girlfriend, and I was like looking for a place to live, and it just so happened that this house was there, and he moved in the same time I did and we just ended up becoming friends yeah. and he's like beat maker extraordinaire um, OG um, anybody who's into like you know making beats and that sort of thing if you were came up in the MySpace early SoundCloud days um, that was he was one of the players during that time yeah. during that time you know
1: yeah he's still dropping all sorts of dope shit yeah
3: all sorts of dope shit you know, but uh, but yeah, he's get, but he's you know, he's like me. He's getting a little older. He's like trying to do do different stuff now. He's like he's still gonna be making music forever, but now he's getting into coding because like mm, oh, really? you know, essentially, I mean, most musicians go this route. It's like you're like
2: <laughs> yep, and it just it's just a matter of how long it takes. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's well, it's like you d- you do your thing, you <coughs> know, but you need to get the money from somewhere else. And the so problem, and, yeah. and it's really difficult because it's there's not a lot of money in music. You know what I know mean? Johnny Depp just
2: Especially these days, less and less. So less and less well, all the time. Yeah. yeah yep
1: that's
3: funny though uh, where where else have you been on doing shows I mean um, been doing uh, I've mean, still been doing my drum and bass party so I've also been the past like year I've been uh, working with this drum and bass crew in San Francisco doing a party every Sunday which has been a v- huge commitment what's that thing called uh, it's called Stamina um, yeah. with the longest running drum and bass party in the Bay Area um it's uh it, it born out of uh, you know San Francisco's got a really crazy relationship with drum and bass it's been yeah. going on for. I
1: feel like San Francisco was really early on a lot of electronic music yeah like it was the first place outside of like Europe to kind of yeah, yeah. I remember going to to back in the to day it.
2: to the, the drum and bass parties at Elrin Khan oh yeah uh, Compression yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Compression back. was the jam was so tight. yeah it was a good time so one of the guys from Compression yeah, had to have been like a decade plus ago yeah, yeah. yeah. so
3: <laughs> Jamal who's like the main guy shout out to my boy Jamal he's yeah. uh he was one of the main guys in compression. Okay. And then when that closed down, he ended up going to F8 and was – or it was called Icon Lounge at the time. Yeah. Um, and he just talked to him. He's like, I want to do a drum and bass party. And they were like super down. So he was like the first one to kind of start doing shows there, regular like, you know, regular stuff that wasn't like bottle service and collared right. shirts right. and right, bullshit right, like right. that. Um, so we started this up and this, we just had our eight-year anniversary. Nice. So – He's been on. He's been at it for a long time. I mean, the guys. So we played. Uh, we played Lightning in a Bottle this year together, which was really cool. I hadn't done a big festival in a long time. That was really. He invited me to that, and that was cool. We got to play at a big stage for you know probably eight hundred people. Yeah, which was pretty gnarly.
2: I um, was there. How do you like? Performing? Not I, I, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, I hey, missed hey, your hey. show, but <laughs> I was there at
1: the festival. How do you? Uh, how do you like performing like with drum and bass stuff compared to doing hip
3: hop? Um, I actually like the drum and bass a lot. I mean, it's just different. It's yeah. a different animal. Um, when you're the rap- whole MCing thing. Yeah, yeah. There's an etiquette involved that is not apparent in hip hop. In hip hop, lyrics are expected and they want it on everything. You yeah. know, uh, with drum and bass, it's very much a touch and go thing. If you're gonna mm. be do, if you rap on drum and bass, you have to know the right times to rap. Yeah. Because you're not supposed, you can't rap over the mix. Yeah. Can't rap over any vocals that tend to happen, which usually happen beginning in the beginning and end, you know. Um, and there's like an etiquette involved, so you don't do, you can't spit 16s. So you got to spit four or eight bar, and you're in, and you're out. And then it's also like tu- like bigging up the crowd, you know, shouting out the DJ. It's a lot more of like a touch and go thing. So when I do my Sunday night party, I'm on the mic for four hours. Yeah. I'm just yeah. up there i'm just up there and maybe i'm not rapping the whole time you know i'm not rapping the whole time i'm just like you know but you're hopping in and but out i'm hopping in and out i hear a break i hear the break coming up i'm like all right cool i go rap my thing and then stop you Yeah. Know, and then be quiet and that's kind of a big thing with drum and bass mm. is they don't like it's hard for
2: me to imagine hip-hop guys <laughs> <Yeah>. hip-hop guys <laughs> yeah. i like, can't do it like no, they, can't, no, 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 no.
3: they can't do it yeah, and yeah. have you done that on the road <laughs> yeah yeah i did that at lighting in a bottle i mean i've done that um i've 've played I've done the drum and bass thing like a lot yeah because I knew you're doing the stamina part mm-hmm. that's cool so yeah' doing I've done, I, that, huh? I did it a lot yeah I did it a lot of my early career and then kind of got out of it and was going all lo-fi hip hop yeah and now I'm kind of going back to my roots yeah because that's like kind of where I started was drum and bass right. and it's been super fruitful because there's not uh, most of the time drum and bass mcs don't understand hip-hop and vice versa yeah so a lot of the classic or drum and bass mcs can't rap like regular rappers Like you give them a four, you know, different, you give them an 85 BPM tempo track. They're like, they want to rap on it. Like it's one sixty-eight or something, you know what I mean? They want to go fast and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily work like that and vice and vice versa. Hip hop dudes don't know how to ride drum and bass beats because you know, the beats like, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they want to go like, you know, hip hop dudes want to go super fast and that's not necessarily what you need to do either because a lot of times it's like more about just clarity and saying something in time you know you don't have to you, you can go half time on a drum and bass beat and right. it's like you know 87 or something because the drum and bass typically is like 170 plus okay bpm which is fast fast very very, very,
0: fucking very fast. fast yeah
3: but but yeah it's i really i really find uh drum and bass is cool and they pay people like they pay they pay people to be an mc and mm. that's not typical that's not typical for rappers. Rappers, yeah. <laughs> unless you're at the rappers top tier, paid. you're not really you're not yeah. really getting paid, or you're getting paid like fifty bucks. Yeah, you know what I mean. If right. I'm if I'm going with somebody, me about to uh to a drum and bass show, they treat you like they do a DJ. Oh, you're the rapper. Oh, okay, cool. You're like with these guys, so you're getting a cut of their of their thing. Right, that's great. You know Part what I mean? The group. They, yeah, they, so they it's yeah a group endeavor because, it, because right. a the drum and bass MC is like expected. Right, but they want it to be and when it's when it's poignant and it's good, then they're like awesome. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, oh, would you rap yeah. for everybody else? It's part, of the, pa- it's the part right. of the package. It's part of the package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, But yeah, that's, that's been super fruitful and it's just also a change in pace, you know what I mean? As yeah, yeah. As and that,
2: that's, those are pretty, feel like pretty diametrically opposed, maybe not fully opposed, but no. pretty, pretty far departed from each other worlds. Very different. But right? so <laughs> your,
1: your recordings are mostly more in the like boom bappy, lo-fi, hip-hop. Yeah. Kinda, like, well, changing Future though. beat.
3: Yeah, definitely. Stuff. Along the future beat, my new my new album that I'm working on is a lot of future beat stuff, uh, a lot of like really heavy, you know, uh, hip hop joints. Yeah. No, um, but I have been recording drum and bass tracks. I've been oh, working yeah. with uh, been working particularly with uh, with Jamal, of course. Um, and this other guy, Lucino, who is a sound engineer at Dolby. Okay. okay. Um, really cool dude. Uh, makes crazy beats. I've been going over to his place in the Richmond, which takes forever from Oakland. <laughs> yeah. Luke, You're a lucky man for getting me out there. But. Uh, he, you know, he goes over there. I make beats with him, and we make make a few tunes. Usually, I go over there one night. We just crank out one. Usually, yeah. focus yeah. on one joint. Yeah, do it. Hit the bar afterward. Go yep. home. You know, that's like yeah, our yeah. normal routine, and that's been pretty cool. So, I have been working on a drum and bass release, but that's like under wraps, and I'm not yeah, yeah. gonna release anything until right. I'm like right. you know, 15 to 20 tracks deep, and yeah. then maybe I'll pick 10 that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. That's probably how that'll go. Right on. Makes <laughs> sense. Makes sense. That's what's new with the rap release front. Uh, rap release I mean um, well, I've been working on we we launched West Grand Records the beginning okay. of this year with Jay Stone Right. so we released his project printed it on vinyl cassettes we even made air fresheners of him
2: for the album it
3: was great it got, everything came out great we got a great reaction on it um, we released a couple of tapes afterward we released Queen's Delight um, her tape and then um, I forget who the other tape was it wasn't Black Achilles um uh, we really, but we, we basically released some, some, another, another person's music on cassette. We're mostly a cassette label. Okay. Um, my new record that I'm working on and I've been working on for a while is, um, is also going to be released on cassette, but it's probably, we're probably going to do a 12 inch release of that one as well. Is that the one with the producer from Los Angeles? Um, mm, uh, wait a minute. Producer from Los Angeles. Elusive. Mean? Elusive. Oh, no, no, no. No elusive project is slated till after that they want me to do a solo one where i was producing and recording everything myself first okay. before that one comes out which is killing me because i have another album of rap beats that's like totally awesome but because my music is a little bit more modern yeah than the rap stuff yeah the label and the guys that we're working with at the label yeah. were like because we have we have connects with like um you know empire and yeah, for yeah. distribution and stuff like that so they were like we want a full length and we want your production so i'm like all right i'll slate that for later you know maybe even next year if, you know, depending on what happens with this project first, so. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that. so we're, so it's in the works, it's coming, you know, it's just like slow going, man, you know, it's yeah. like producing everything and wrapping everything and then, you know, I'm sending things off to get mixed and mastered, but even, even just engineering everything and wrapping everything is a lot. Yeah. yeah. A lot. You yeah, guys know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Takes yeah. forever. It takes forever. And I don't want anybody to rush me. People are like, yo, where is this? We want right. it done. And I'm like, dude, I am not rushing that project because it's me. This yeah, is like my, my shit. This yeah. is my baby, and I will not rush it for anybody. Yeah, and yeah. I don't care if I lose fans because of that. You know what I mean? I really don't. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean,
2: you know, as Thelonious Monk said, the song must not suffer. Yes. Right. So it's like you, you know, can't okay, you're not going to compromise the integrity of the art for the sake of expedience? Exactly. You know, or shouldn't anyways? You should, Right.
3: I mean, do, and it, take that with a grain of salt. Though. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, Obvious. like, <laughs> Obviously. I got, well, how do you, how do you feel about the notion
1: that like um, okay, because you haven't really put out a whole lot of music in say the past five years, you got like a couple of projects, but like a lot yeah. of people are produ- are dropping singles and
3: EPs all the time. How do you? Um. Do you feel like you don't. I don't need. I don't feel like I need to. I mean, I've I've released probably about a project a year. And you, like, you know, perform like, live often. Do you yeah, feel I like that kind of
1: fills the void? I feel or? like that
3: that that fills the void a lot um, for your presence and your uh, overall. Um, I don't know, being rel. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but basically being a um, like a regular presence. Yeah, regular presidents are like your. I, I'm 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 spacing on the word, but I'm saying like uh. uh your people want to see constant movement, right? You right. know, consistency. so consistency. Right. If you're out there gigging all the time, that's why I signed up for stamina. Doing a party every Sunday is very trying, but it gives me constant content yeah. every week. I can p- be promoting something, and that's just one party. Yeah. You know, I've also got these other hip hop joints that I'm doing. So tonight, it's like you know, I get to promote that and my Sunday night party. So then people are just seeing flyers come up on my Instagram like yep. all the time, and I think that gives you that. That, that gives you that edge on yeah. everybody else because people could be putting out projects and stuff like that but right. I'm
2: out there but you're gonna put out flyers faster I'm gonna put out flyers faster yeah. and I, shows faster and
3: honestly for the writing it really helps to work your tracks out live which is something yeah. that not no, a lot true. of people do no see, we I, see I
2: remember like I spent all my early years doing the band thing right yeah. it's like that's how it works in the band you cook it up in a rehearsal and then you go and play whatever your regular fucking gig is and you stumble through it on stage and you figure out what works and what. It doesn't work yep. and like that's for me that's like always been a very much a part of the process right. and as I shifted into the, like the producing world I've done done that a lot less and it's I think it's definitely it's, a hindrance it's a, totally yeah. a hindrance and I think yeah.
3: rappers should be taking a little bit more solace in the way bands and other musicians work yeah. because rappers are always seen as this thing as you just go up there and do your 20 minute set Yeah. you know but I'm like I am so startled when I see rappers that can't rap more than 15 minutes yeah and then they're out of gas and they're like I don't want to rap anymore right and I'm like dude 15 minutes because all they get is 20 minutes right yeah you know shit I
2: remember playing fucking like four hour bar nights you know it's like you know it's a little easier for me as a bass player guitar player but like singers up there fucking singing singing. four four 45 minute sets you know you don't you go with a 10 minute break in between you know it's like and, and I think Some rappers
3: shit. rappers need to take that into consideration because I see a lot of people, yeah. they have good songs. I can tell yeah. the song is good, but I can tell that you didn't rehearse this enough. Right. You don't know the changes enough. You don't know your like with a rapper, it's all breath control. Right. Yeah. So like you got to know when you're breathing, when you're not breathing, Absolutely. how, where your vocal tones at. If you're going to try to sing that hook where you're gonna
2: sit and if you're out of breath, yeah, you're not hitting not that well, note. And, and that shit comes with the concept of rehearsal. Well yes. Right. right. <laughs> which right. I think uh, is really, uh, is, really rappers like, don't rehearse, is really like- Which is really like the big which is really like the well, big thing. And, that's, and some some do, some do. And that's a pro, um, you know, but that's a problem. And I Yeah, I, I don't, agree. I, I, any musician who doesn't rehearse before they perform, to me it's just like it's like performing. Here, we
1: were we were having a chat Or going into the studio. we were having a chat the other day about people there's some type of artists that come in for their recording session they cut the vocal and no matter how it ends up sounding that day that's it that's it it. yeah and that's like they couldn't and it's, te- and it's kind of it, terrible
2: yeah I mean to me coming up as a musician and as an engineer it was always like you don't step foot into the recording studio until you're ready to record right like all the rest of that shit that's pre-production that's your pre that's your pre-session meetings that's your pre-production meetings but I feel and like rehearsals when you're stepping into the studio you know and maybe it's gotten a little more lax because, because you a lot don't of people have to aren't pay paying for the studio right? time but it's like you know it's like you're going in the studio you're spending four to eight hundred dollars nine hundred dollars a day you're not dicking around and writing in the studio you're never writing in the studio right like that's not how this shit works that's (laughs) like that is not well that's when
3: you sit that's like usually when i work with vocalists they come in and i'm like yo let, let me write the beat on the spot Right, you know, Let right. me write the beat while you're writing while the vocals. While you're writing, exactly. You're writing yeah, the vocals yeah. while you're hearing me cook up the beat. Right. And then we're making, it's more like it's a... we working together. Yeah, we're working together. Yeah, yeah, And then you instantly go and record it, you know, yeah, right, to exactly. get a scratch take. And yeah. then you listen to it. And then you come back it. and refine it. Yeah, right, you come right, back right. and refine it. And those are the types of, I think that kind of process is just good because I hear so many uh, rappers are like, cool, I wrote it, it's done. Yeah, You know? And that's, I, I don't think that that's a good way to do it. I, I personally agree. really yeah. like rinsing my new stuff live, because then I know whether or not I have a hit on my hands. Right, exactly. You know, like, maybe this track is garbage. I have no idea, so I just make a lot of tunes. I throw out an astonishing amount of music. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, you just gotta keep making them. I like to ask everybody, what
1: percentage of your stuff that you cook up
3: would you say sees the light of day? 30%. Probably about 30%. I'd say 70% of what I make ends up as samples for other tracks, or... If I write a verse that I like, but I didn't, but it didn't fit on that beat, I'm stashing it. Yeah. You know, I'm stashing it in the in the notebook, and I might use it on another track. But like,
2: probably, you know, thirty percent actually sees yeah. daylight. Yeah, for me, it depends what what kind of mode I'm in. You know, it's like if I'm working on an album. Likely Like if I'm sitting And writing an album With like a rapper Or something You know Most of the Most of the stuff Is gonna go Yeah On the album Yeah Because we're writing Our way through it You know mm-hmm. uh, And there's a lot more Kind of intention Behind every move Sure But in normal You know in What normal, about in like Solo I'd stuff? say Solo stuff I don't know Maybe like Half Less A little 40% 50% maybe More and more I find myself Stashing things away Yeah
3: Yeah Yeah
2: It's interesting, the whole development process.
3: Everybody's different, man. And that's what I'm saying. What works for me might not work for somebody else. But I always find that the more time spent on a song and the more times that you're rehearsing it, the better it's going to the final product is going to be. And I really like being able to go in with, like, when I record all my vocals at my house, I like being able to just walk in there and just spit it the way I know that I've spit it 50 times before, and I know that that's going to be the best take. There's nothing worse than putting it down when you're not totally hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go out and play it a whole bunch. You right. get better at it. And right. then you're like, man, I could've spit yeah. that better. Yeah. You yeah. know? That sucks. Like yeah. you don't ever want to feel like listening to your joint afterward, you're like, Oh I'm so much better now. Yeah, you want to yeah. iron out yeah. you gotta
2: yeah. iron out the wrinkles before it goes get laid off. Before, before it, it, it to goes print. to tape, you know. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. It's like that's why that and that guys goes back for saying it's like you don't don't press it until don't press record until it's ready to go. Yeah. yeah. You know? Totally. Totally. I, I I honestly it's you know, I, that I have a big back and forth with some rappers, or have historically over people memorizing verses. This is the thing you guys have like experienced. Like for me, I find that like nine times out of ten, I'm getting a better performance if the rappers memorize the verse. Oh yeah! You know because that means oh, they yeah. practice it, or at the very least, they've fully familiarized. Now, barring situations, there are some thing. situations obviously where it's like written in the, on the spot and everything, right? But sure. well, you know, it's like I, I've got, I've gotten flack for for suggesting, you know, like. Hey, uh, let's you know, like let's come back to this. Like, go practice it a few times. Like, take the beat you know, take the beat with you, practice, spit it with no pressure on your own, get really comfortable and then come back and this'll just work better. Yeah. And it's like, how dare you suggest that I like need to practice? And I'm like, I Yeah, everybody needs to practice dude, nobody's like, the best. I think that's uh, fair, but on, I also know? think
1: that sometimes to his point there's something to be gotten from the the energy of the vocal performance yeah. that comes with when it was just created, when right. that specific emotion is. But like I feel like still that's that's pretty on apparent the tongue or whatever. That's
2: pretty apparent within the first couple of takes. Yeah. If I'm if we're if I'm sitting here and we're on like take eight and you're stumbling and you're still stumbling you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like yo you're not it's yeah. not going to get better and if it does it's not going to have the magic yeah, yeah, yeah. that it would if it's fresh you know it's yeah. like go home spit the shit in the fucking mirror remember to smile and then come back <laughs> and fucking like walk in fresh feeling hot smoke fucking joint and lay that shit down yeah man it's like that's gonna be but the you best you wanna be relaxed
3: you know? when you're doing it right man. if you're thinking, right. if you're worrying about your breath control you're not thinking about your performance and I agree I agree with what you're saying about memorizing because I try to memorize things when I go before I go record it. if I don't have it completely memorized up top right then I'm not gonna know the track I'm not going right. to know where to put my breath control I'm going to be thinking about that more than I am actually my vocal tone. Right. It's got to yeah. be second is, nature. Yeah, it's, it should be second nature and you're going to feel bi- you're going to be focusing more on your on what you're saying yeah. and enunciating it's like them. It's like
2: running scales, you know, yeah. or like practicing melodic lines or melodies to a song, you know, it's yeah. like it's no different. We're all instrumentalists out here, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think the same sort of thing applies, should apply to all all like instrumentalists. Totally. It's like, you know, practice your shit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. um sip 30 yeah we should wrap yeah. up pretty soon
2: all right i'm down to
3: come back though man because yo this is awesome yeah. i <laughs> feel like i honestly i can't believe this went by so quickly yeah. because yo i feel like we could sit here and talk about stuff for like three hours yeah
2: yeah easily, yeah
1: easily. uh all right one more thing i wanted to go over before we wrap it up um i just wanted to talk about gear that you're using so oh. you use a little bit of like different shit than um a lot of the average people are using or at least you you know dabble a little yeah. bit in some uh some odd gear dabble so. a little
3: bit yeah um talk about that a little bit okay um so typically i mean i i like to use different gear for different types of beats um like i really enjoy the mpc for hip-hop style production it works. It works really well. The NPC Live works great for that. Cutting samples and things like that. I feel like I could put together a slap raw on that thing pretty easily. Yeah. And it's it's got the I, I really just the the pads and the everything in the box is really great for that. Um for like, you know, lo fi hip hop stuff, OP one all day. You know? The M P C is very clean, it's like H D. You yeah. know? It's gonna sound clear, it's gonna sound bumpy. The OP one is kinda gritty, it's a little squealy, it's like but it's a full. But you can produce a full track in there if you're good. If you're good at it. So I feel like the OP1 has got a lot of more flexibility than the MPC has. Yeah. And so I'll use that for certain types of beats or um, certain types of um, certain types of synth sounds because I like it a little dirty. Yeah. Um. I've been recently. My big thing has been running the uh, OP1 into this thing called the MFC42, which was a it was a filter that was an attachment onto the 2000XL, the mm. MPC 2000. It was basically these metal brackets that would attach onto the 2000XL and it was this rack mount piece mm. and it's a this analog filter and it's just awesome. Akai only made it for like two and a half years or three years or something and mm. then they discontinued it. So you, you can't even get them anymore and they're only going up in price but it's like one of my most prized possessions and I run my synth through that and the just the being able to like just not like get exactly the frequency range that you want for your track is awesome. And also you can do things like tap tempo, things like the LFO or the cutoff
0: Mm.
3: to, to the beat. So you get these really nice, like, you know, filter combing sounds. You know what I mean? You can do Mm. all use on pads and things like that, that just sound awesome. Yeah. Um, so those are cool. Uh, yeah. OP one, MFC 42. um, uh I mean the Mfc is my main filter for what I'm sampling I think everybody as a sampling artist if you're into that you should have a good analog filter Waldorf makes a good one there's a Sherman filter banks are also really good um any kind of analog filter that you can be running from your turntable or whatever your sample source is through through the filter then into your daw really really helps. Because it just helps you think when you're a sample when you're a sampling artist, you want to think about like, yo, the baseline in this track is cool. Everything else I don't care about. Right. But I want this low. Like so trim you trim sit- it out from the get-go. Yeah, you yeah. can sit there from the get-go and that filter is gonna sound better than a lot of DAWs because yeah. you're just like before it's even getting into the box, right. yeah. you're already, already tailoring there. out a lot yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, right. so yeah. I know
2: I know a lot of guys who I guess probably less so these days, but I knew a lot of guys who had their like preferred DJ mixer yeah. for, for sampling, you know, it's like, this is the one I got this EQ on this fucking old piece of shit, but all samples go through this DJ mixer, because that's just like, becomes such a key part of the sound Yeah, like the, the distinct characteristics of you know, maybe you're fucking my first $20, you know, mixer like, it just has that sound that like, sticks with you, and it becomes a part of your characteristic
3: yeah, it's yeah, like, oh man I mean, a lot of I know a lot of people that still swear by those old rain mixers, Yeah, yeah but, like, yeah. you know, they had great A to D converters in them, and and people were just like, you just get a really clear signal out of them. I know a bunch of hip hop DJs that like I only run my turntable through this Rain Mixer, and it's like yeah. one of the old ones. Like <laughs> the, I forget which I forget what the model number is, but it's like you know the early Rain Mixer was like all black. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, was, I think
2: I have a broken one sitting around here somewhere. Yeah, the A converters yeah. <laughs> <of> those <laughs> yeah, are yeah, it. Yeah, they yeah, sand, totally. They like yeah. le-
3: legit. You put a piece of vinyl on there, it's gonna sound amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean those are those are cool. I'm trying to think of what else I got like i just actually got rid of uh, the roland system one sorry roland but i got rid of synth. i got rid of your synth because i was wasn't feeling it but uh i got uh for for my poly my main polyphonic synth is a um profit eight oh, yeah. um right. my main uh, mono bass synth that i use is a, a dave smith mofo shout out dave smith bay area in the, in the building um uh yeah, the Mofo is really great for lines. super thick. Um mm. great build on that thing too. If you can get a hold of one, they're they're awesome. And then um other than that, man, I mean I mean, I really don't know. I mean, that's be- mainly most of my gear right there. And other than that, it's just like I have a nice microphone and that's it. What about performing yeah. with the SP? Oh yeah, SP404. Yeah, I use that thing quite a bit. I mean, the SP404 is just like classic. Um, I love the I, I love the versatility of it. I can put whole tracks or I can put in, individual samples And the but the thing that makes that piece of equipment shine I think more than anything is the effects unit yeah, on it is it's what makes so, it.
2: so characteristic. What
3: makes it happen. Um, but I have been noticing there's this new product coming out that's called the Black Box. Hmm. Was that? Who makes it? Oh, I forget. I don't even know who makes it. I saw it when I was at Control Voltage in Portland yes. last month when I played the Thirsty City thing but it's like Pretty small, like little, it's just a little tiny black box, but it's got a touch screen on it, and you can load your stems into it hmm. from your tracks directly from Ableton. And it's got like full, full, like quarter inch, sturdy quarter inch outs, the metal encasing. It's super nice. You can add, also add effects, and you can do kind of live PA stuff similar to how the Octa Track works. Yeah, you can yeah. kind of mm-hmm. do like live PA with that, and like. You know, play with your tracks live. It's funny, I almost never hear people mention the Octatrack. Oh, Octatrack, yeah. beast!
1: Dude, Dell was crazy for the oh, fucking Octatrack. Yeah, that thing is
3: pretty dope. They're dope. They're dope. I yeah. mean, I see a lot more techno I've, guys using yeah, it.
1: More yeah, I've seen a
3: couple of people using it ever. Yeah, they're they're very they're very heavy on the button pressing. You have yeah. to really like. There's menus inside of menus, and I really Electron it makes a great product. On the
2: like looped music scene, yeah,
3: more sure. in the looped music yeah. thing. But they're but they're very powerful. Um, the black box I feel like is like the next thing it's like 600 bucks for this yeah. thing but all the reviews I've been saying I've been seeing people are like yo this is like gonna replace the 404 because mm. it's just that small it's got that much memory and you can do more
2: with it but how many stickers can you put on it barely any yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like barely. Because that, that seems to be the other it's defining so characteristic tiny. of the 404. I know. You I know. know. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I mean, dude, the 404 is nothing though. I mean, that thing could be half the size. Yeah. That yeah. It is. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. You know, they just stuck with that build. Yeah. Because it was way it's always been. Is the yeah. new one even just the same size? Yeah, new one's the same size. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Roland, you fucking mean, fucking up. If that ain't bro- whole shit. I mean, I don't
2: know though because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it's well, fucking ubiquitous. Well, true, but I mean, yeah, yeah, What they did with the new
3: one was basically screw over everybody. It's like what NPC did with the Renaissance, right. which oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, get out of my <sighs> but face. But they came with out them. with yeah. a
1: smaller MP They came out with two smaller NPCs and one of them stuck.
3: Well. Yeah, but it but they finally what they finally did was make it all in one. So you didn't have to have a computer. All of the new stuff, all right. the re, the Renaissance and the MPC touch and all those you still needed a computer. Yeah which it kind of defeats the whole like it defeats the yeah, but the 1000 the 1000 right? was pretty popular the 1000 well the 1000 is well, a great
2: little
1: machine because they the finally equipment. did but the 500 reports. wasn't popular no 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 no, no 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 no
3: they needed they needed a little bit more the 1000 was cool with cool. the drag and drop feature yeah. and being able to just load things on there is great have it come up as a hard drive yeah. right away when you plug it in USB is awesome yeah um yeah those things were great for the performance the same could be said like
1: the mini ipad is also pretty popular yeah i, I don't mean, think
3: there's any reason why they couldn't make
1: a smaller 404 I th- no, no, no. I mean, I mean,
3: they for sure could, dude. I mean, I opened. I I had to replace one of the pots on it, and it was like it's, it's mostly just empty space. not it's even mostly complicated
2: at all. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so just product design. It's just, just product design.
3: Yeah, it's just. But it is it is a sturdy build though, which is really right. nice. But you know, there's there's certain things about it, like the the four knobs at the top. If you're not if you don't have padding in your in your thing like i see a lot of people just throw those things in bags cuz they're really sturdy you could just throw it yeah, in a backpack and go right. but those pots you're turning them all the time yeah, that's like the yeah. main way you interact with this machine right. and those things get turned a little bit it's over
2: Really. It's, it's like over. it's like the dreaded broken scroll wheel on the MPC. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so bad, dude. Like I see so
3: many people. Like the volume is just stuck halfway. Yeah. On a four hundred four, and you gotta crank it up to get it to play. Yeah. At the proper level, and it's it's just not good. It's just not good. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway. But yeah, four hundred four. All, All right.
1: Uh, other than tonight, what
3: what dates you got coming up? Releases. You know shoot, man. Um. Just dropped a music video, um, Prior. what, last week, a week and a half ago, called The Movement. Um, yeah. it was a track off of, uh, this is one that I gave to Thirsty City. Um, basically, it's called The Movement. It's based on this, uh, uh, K-boo radio show called The Movement, which is long, one of the longest running hip hop. Yeah. Um, Hip Hop uh, nights and um, my guy, who the guy who produced the beat was looking for like a theme song. Yeah. So he asked me to write something. I did it, and then I also did a video that I filmed in um, L.A., Chicago, and uh, while I was working, basically. Yeah, yeah. I Um, think you showed me
1: that a little while back. Yeah.
3: So I've been sitting on the video for a while. Finally, the track came out. It the whole track came out on Wax, and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. You know. So I just dropped the video. So you can check that out if you look up Joe Mousepad or JM on YouTube and look up the movement. You'll you'll find my my, uh, ugly mug wrapped up to you. Check that out. Sunday, this coming Sunday, Stamina, um, as per usual. And I believe... And every Sunday. Every single Sunday, I am there. week. where is Stamina? Stamina is at F8, Folsom at 8th. The club is called F8. And this is in San Francisco. And this is in San Francisco, California. This week, we have Chimpo in the building. And if you know anything about UK music, you know that the guy, Chimpo is killing it. Like my man makes the heavy stuff and it's going to be it's going to be banging. I mean, we fly people in from Europe every week. Yeah. And sounds, it's a, and it's free. Sounds like a lot. So control. and it's free. <laughs> and it's free. All right, can All right. Can't, lose. Yeah, all right. Can't yeah. lose.
1: All right. So we need everybody to go and check out Stamina. Yep. We need everybody to go check out. I got 5 on it over at 7th West if you're on the other side of the Bay in Oakland. Yay. And uh check out the new Joe Mousepad video. Where can they find you on socials?
3: Oh man, uh Instagram, J mousepad on um Facebook. You can just look up J M, J A Y three M. That's how that's spelled. And uh Twitter at Joe Mousepad. Alright. Yes.
2: All right, yeah. Dude, let's
3: do this again. Yeah, like Let's like, do a part two because we. I feel yes. like we have
2: we yeah. we, we used absolutely. up half the time with meme conversation. We did. Yeah. We, yeah. Good, we did. Good meme conversation. Oh, but we, still, yeah. I feel like we could hit this a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Harder. Yeah, yeah,
3: So, uh, yeah, man. But thank you guys for having Round me. Two. I really appreciate it. this. Is awesome. Of course. Yeah. This is awesome. All right.
1: Thanks everyone for tuning in. Until next time. Ciao. Peace. This episode is also brought to you by FYE, exclusive vinyl and box sets. You've probably been in their stores nationwide, worldwide. I see them all over the place. But during the pandemic, we can't go to the store for all our music and stuff. But what you can do is head over to studymusicgroup.com podcast and hit the banner for FYE. And you're going to get 10% off your first order when you order from their vinyl store. And like I said, it's full of all sorts of exclusive vinyl, new and old, box sets, reissues, all sort of stuff that you might not even be aware of that was out there yet. So anyways, check it out. Once again, studymusicgroup.com slash podcast. Hit the banner for FYE. Thanks again to FYE for supporting what we do.